This podcast is brought to you by ESET, the global leaders in cybersecurity. ESET business solutions range from endpoint and mobile security to encryption, two-factor authentication, and advanced threat detection. And they've just introduced their new endpoint security management platform called ESET Protect. The ESET Protect business security bundles take security to a whole new level. For small businesses and MSPs, I recommend ESET Protect Advanced to cover all your security bases. ESET Protect Advanced includes endpoint protection, cloud sandboxing for advanced threat detection, and prevention, full disk encryption, file server security, and cloud-based console. Right now, you can save 20% with this limited time offer. So you're not only getting best-in-class cloud-managed protection against advanced attacks, you're enjoying a significant discount. Not yet convinced? Don't worry. You can also get a free trial and an interactive demo at business.eset.com radio. Get 20% off ESET's new business cybersecurity bundle, ESET Protect Advanced, at business.eset.com radio. Hey, so before we get started, I wanted to talk to you guys about Disney+. Plus. Now, I know by now you've probably heard about Disney+, Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus has one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From classics like Snow White to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. And if all that isn't enough, Disney Plus even has originals like The Mandalorian, the first live-action Star Wars series. So don't miss out. Go and sign up today and start streaming and tell them Hayes sent you. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Awakened Soul Podcast. I am your host, CEO Hayes, and this is the Awakened Soul. I mean, it's all in the title. You knew what you clicked when you clicked it, but nah. Um, this is a show where we like to get deep. We like to make you think. We like to build content around uh, things that get the mind going, right? That make you think of things on a deeper level, whether it's how you do them or how you see the world, whatever else. So if this is your first time listening to the Awakened Soul Podcast, hello. Uh, make sure you're following us at Awaken So Pod. You can follow me personally at CEO Hayes at CEO H A I Z E. And on this week's episode, no guest. Um, we have the end of mind of Hayes segment, which I'll be getting diving into some of the stuff uh, that's on my mind, in my heart. That's what that segment's built around. Um, and then outside of that, this episode, if you paid attention to the title, it's titled Creative Narcissism. And that's because we're going to be talking about how narcissism and being a creative kind of overlap where they do how narcissism affects creativity, and hopefully we can talk about how we're going to break out some of those trends and, and redirect that thinking uh, from a narcissistic place into a place uh, removing ego and focusing on the art that we like to create. So that's what we're doing on this week's episode. Uh, so enough prefacing, enough setting the tone. You guys know what it is. We're going to go ahead. We're going to get into our intro music. On the other side of that, we're going to jump into my dark and twisted, crazy-ass mind. I'll see you guys there. The following is a Breaks Media Podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my dad. Hey, 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 hey. 
All right. So we're back. We're in my mind. And so I got three things that I want to talk about during this week's In the Mind of Hay segment. Um, one, uh, two of them are light, fair, to be fair. Two of them are, are fairly light. One is a little bit more serious. So I'm going to jump into the light uh, side of things more than the uh, heavy side of things. And the first one, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And this is, um, this is not a review of the series. If you want to check that out, if I decide to do them, go and check out the other podcast that I do, which is titled The Film Frequency, which I do break down. I did rundowns, I think, of the last three episodes of WandaVision. I didn't do the full series, but uh, actually stream those live. So I may, I'm, as this narrative can keeps continuing and, you know, what I'm going to talk about here, if it keeps going on, I'm definitely going to want to talk about it um, and probably stream live. But the thing that I want to talk about is not the series, because the series is great. It's Marvel. They're doing a lot of great things there. But I, I want to commend Marvel for touching on, the, on racism so far, only in the second episode. This is something that in talking about the series, I hope that they were going to talk about, you know, having a black person in Falcon, uh, Anthony Mackie's character, be handed down uh, the shield of Captain America and what that means to having a black man represent America. And they're starting to go into those themes just in the second episode. And by that, I mean, uh, we see we've what well, we saw the person who did take over uh the cap the mantle of captain america had been training had been selected for it which kind of means that they were already planning this before falcon gave over the shield um we've talked we've seen him feeling like he's not worthy we've also in the first episode saw that being a superhero doesn't pay the bills in which you know he got denied for something because he hasn't had credit because he was blipped out of existence but specifically in this episode right in which they pop up on Isaiah Bradley and this was a black man who was who was also experimented and had the super soldier serum in his blood and has powers and a black superhero we and after they left this we get Anthony Mackie uh Falcon saying to Bucky like there was a black superhero this whole time and you kept this like and then immediately after that they're both having this argument and the police come up to him and we're ready to arrest Falcon until Bucky said do you know who this is? And then they apologize. So I love that 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 tone of racism and race is being underlined. And I really do think that we're going to see it play out even bigger. Um, and, and not to say that it's going to be what the whole series becomes about, but I want to commend Marvel because it would have been very easy for them not to really touch on race at all in this show. And a lot of safer plays and shows and networks wouldn't have done it. So the fact that Marvel, one of the biggest uh, production studios and houses in this point at this point in Hollywood um, to be able to touch on that. I wanted to commend it. Check it out outside of just the, the racial tones. It's a great show. Uh, great things going on there. So wanted to point that out. Uh, the second thing, and this is, you know, I, I really don't cover like trending stuff in Twitter and on social media too much, but I got to commend little Nas X, right? So we ha he has the Sat the Satan sneakers coming out which look amazing, but outside of that, uh, the, the backlash that has come from this show that is titled this, the, is only going to be 666 of the made, um, very strong demonic, like, uh, imagery on the shoe. And the fact that it contains a drop of human blood from his team. Listen, this is marketing at its greatest, in my opinion, right? Taking the, 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 the spirituality uh aspect out of it or, and whatever else and you know um religion but just from a a that standpoint it's a great marketing thing and they committed to it like it's, it's in his video he's dancing with the devil and it's fucking hilarious like 
and the thing with this is like for all the people like who have come out against this and they've been heavy like to say that this is like this man is seriously worshiping the devil if you take it that way you're just missing it and hats off to little Nas X who is just as he's shown since he came on the scene the way that he maneuvers on social media and uses that to his advantage is fucking amazing hats off I wish I had the social media uh uh I don't even know the word to use for it at this point I'm at a loss for words it's just it's great how he's handling it um for me am I offended by it? I'm a Christian I've, I've said that I don't really talk a lot about my religion because we get enough like I, I'm not one of those beat you over the head with with religion type people um but the but the response to this and the way that it's going it's just like y'all really have so like we, we're in a time period in which there have been mass shootings in major cities in the last couple of weeks and people are spending so much time being this upset over something that's clearly marketing clearly marketing let's 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 talk about some of the time else that uh that religion has caused outrage right madonna's like a prayer um that definitely uh blew some some stuff out out of the water and people backlash and that was before say social media um and it's just like i get it i get it nike's come out and had to like say that they didn't have a place in it or whatever else and I, and I get that from their branding standpoint, you know, if that does go against something that they want or do not want their brand to promote, it's their right to say, hey, we had no part in this. We we weren't part of this. He worked with a with a third party uh, who are customizing these shoes and it wasn't Nike. Um, and th they have the right, especially if it's true and they didn't have any place to roll in it. But at the same time, calm the fuck down on little Nas X, because at the end of the day, all this shit on social media, he's going to use it, which he should to help push his brand, what he's creating, and that's what we all should do. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit in, in the narcissism and creativity side of like when you can remove your stuff stuff from seeming like a personal attack and just focus it on the brand or whatever. But let's get off this, man. To me, it's no it's no big deal. I, I, I mean, and you guys are free to disagree. I, I know that there are going to be people who probably listen to this who do disagree, and you have that right to. But at the same time, like at this point, it is what it is. It's not going to stop the shoe from being made. Just don't buy it if you don't support it. It's only going to be 666. More than likely, none of us are going to be able to get a pair any goddamn way. So spending like people being so outraged about it is kind of just is what it is at this point. But let's get into the last thing that's in my mind. And this is unfortunately something that's not as um, lighthearted as what I've been talking about. And so this one is a teacher. Um, and we're going to in, in Palmdale this in this case. A teacher at the at uh, Desert Willow Fine Arts Science and Technology Magna Academy in Palmdale uh, was on the Zoom call with a with a parent and a student. And after the Zoom call, in which he thought that he ended it, uh, that the Zoom call was ended, uh, had this rant. And I'm going to quote directly from the article that I'm reading. This is not me adding anything on. This is me reading this for what it for what was said. This is the teacher. I mean, these parents. That's what kind of pieces of shit they are. Black. He's black. They're a black family. Your son has learned to lie to everyone and make excuses because you taught him to make excuses that, that nothing is his fault. This is what black people do. This is what black people do. That was the exact quote. Um, and uh, the student's mother's name is uh, Katura Stokes. And, you know, they heard this. They filed a complaint. Uh, the teacher, I think, has since been fired. So hats off to the school for doing what they need to do um, in that case, because I think regardless if they knew they were on the Zoom call or not, if you have somebody who has now displayed publicly bigotry, they need to go um, unless that's something unless you're going to support and stand by it. Now, 
there, of course, have been conversations that, well, he didn't know that he was on. What's his right of freedom of speech? Here's the thing. And this is the thing that I'm going to say on it. And I think I've said this before many times. You do have freedom of speech. But at the same time, if you in, in that freedom, you use it to display some shit that especially the company that you work for or that employs you or that people don't like. They also have the right to terminate your employment. They have you have the right to get backlash, uh, have backlash served. And unfortunately, you've now exposed this school to a lawsuit because you still did that on company time. And the thing is with this having feeling free enough whether you you were hanging up the zoom you thought the zoom call was hung up or not to feel that way about people that you were supposed to be leading and teaching and molding the next generation that and you have this mindset of this is what black people do in a family and the mother admitted that they have just had hard time adjusting to re learning remotely and as a parent myself my daughter amaya had a because she is such an in-person student and sometimes she does struggle from time to focus uh being able to focus especially like not being in in a school environment that that first couple of months i mean finishing out that first school year was kind of rough for her now we had the summer we knew she was going to be doing a hybrid schedule going back into the next school year she was able to kind of adjust and, and learn some things and techniques that work better for her and then when the school year started back and she was uh remote that was i'm um, not remote hybrid half going to school physically half uh, doing the hybrid thing um, at at uh, at home, she was really able to to do much better and to focus much easier. And she created things and places and put things in place and put things in place that helped her be a, a, a as close to as good of a student in person as she was working at at home and doing her schoolwork at home. So if you have a family who's admitting that to you, and then for you to to display such bigotry, and this is not something that's just black white whatever there are a lot of kids and a lot of parents in that in that for that matter that had trouble adjusting to the new school schedule and so now that you have displayed this level of bigotry the kids aren't going to feel safe with you like you, you you haven't created an environment in which now the kid or the child is going to feel comfortable coming to you and telling you that they're having difficulty with some things so i think in this case it had to happen to me it was good that it happened and it is what it is this is period point blank it kind of is what it is at this point. Um, and, you know, hopefully, um, you know, that teacher realizes his place. And it's unfortunate that not only the parent, but the student had to hear that as well. Just imagine being a student who is already having a hard time adjusting to remote learning. And then you hear hear that from a teacher. Um, so and, and, you know, I mean, to the thing is that, you know, and so here's the thing, right? <laughs> there there are some people within our community and that's the black community that i'm referring to that think that um some educators who aren't black have no business educating black children now, i won't go as far as to thinking that but i do think that this is where you're you're always going to have some bad apples and this is not to excuse it because it's fucking despicable and i'm sure that over the course of all of our history we had some teachers whether they displayed it or hit it that probably couldn't stand our black asses um and this is another layer of something that we just as a parent you shouldn't have to worry about uh, we shouldn't when you when you send your kid somewhere to learn, they should be able to focus on learning. Everyone should be able to do their job. And as far as do I feel that it was right for the teacher to lose their fucking job? Absolutely. But make sure you go and go and check it out. Go and research it. If you haven't heard about it, let me know what you think about it. But um, like I said, the bigotry and we need to get to a place now where this shit is continually called out and exposed for what it is. And we need to deal with it accordingly. And I'm glad in this case. 
he was he was terminated, removed from his position quickly. Um, and thank God for that. So we're gonna go ahead. That's it for my dark and twisted crazy ass mind. I know I threw a lot at you guys during this one in the mind of hay segment this week. Um, but again, I appreciate you guys very much. So we're gonna go ahead. We're gonna take a brief break. Uh, and uh, you're gonna hear an ad. You're gonna hear some more music. And on the other side of that, we're gonna jump into the main discussion topic this week, which is how narcissism and creativity overlap and affect one another and i have been i'm really excited to bring you guys this episode uh for a couple of reasons this has been something that it actually the idea just sparked into my mind um uh, organically doing during an episode i think i was recording an in the mind of hay segment and just this thought and everything came to my mind i was like huh okay i want to i want to talk about this so uh yeah so i'm really really happy how this came together and i really took some time i didn't just you know, I could have easily did that episode the next week just in my general thoughts, but it took some time really thinking out how these things overlap in the process and wanting to talk about it. So I'm going to catch you guys after this break. We'll jump into creative narcissism. I'll see you guys right after this. Yo, what up, man? It's the Geek Said Podcast, the only podcast that blend hip-hop culture and geek culture together. I'm your boy, Deuces. This is Lib. This is your boy, Bacardi. And make sure y'all check us out every other Tuesday on the UrbanMogulLife.com or any other podcast platform. Let's go. This podcast is brought to you by ESET, the global leaders in cybersecurity. ESET business solutions range from endpoint and mobile security to encryption, two-factor authentication, and advanced threat detection. And they've just introduced their new endpoint security management platform called ESET Protect. The ESET Protect business security bundles take security to a whole new level. For small businesses and MSPs, I recommend ESET Protect Advanced to cover all your security bases. ESET Protect Advanced includes endpoint protection, cloud sandboxing for advanced threat detection, and prevention, full disk encryption, file server security, and cloud-based console. Right now, you can save 20% with this limited-time offer. So you're not only getting best-in-class cloud-managed protection against advanced attacks, you're enjoying a significant discount. Not yet convinced? Don't worry. You can also get a free trial and an interactive demo at business.eset.com radio. Get 20% off ESET's new business cybersecurity bundle, ESET Protect Advanced, at business.eset.com radio. What's going on, people? Okay. We're back. We're in my dark. We're not in my dark and twisted crazy. That's my. This is the place where it's not just about my mind. We're in the main discussion topic for this week's episode of the Awakened Soul Podcast. And so, this week, what do we have to discuss? Creative narcissism. So, I'm sure everyone at this place has either interacted, knows a narcissism, loves a narcissist, uh, are a narcissist, but I think it's easy to talk about narcissism generally, right? Um, because it's a, it's a serious psychological issue. Um, we often at many times focus about the bad side of narcissism. There are some positive things that can come out of a, out of narcissism in a degree, but not being a narcissist. That, and that, that's, that's a, maybe that's another episode. Cause we, this may end up being a whole series. Cause I know after this, there's going to be a lot of questions, a lot of interaction, a lot of probably pushback on some of my ideas. And that's absolutely fine. Right. I always say, these discussion topics are the beginning of the conversation they are not the full conversation i'm just here having it with myself um which i don't know is that a sign of narcissism but we'll get and i'll make light of it because like i said we're not getting to the psychological issue of nar of being a narcissist there is absolutely a serious thing there i'm not one equipped to deal with i would love to if anybody who's listened to me 
is a psychologist or mental health professional and would like to talk about and break down narcissism, both the, the positive traits that can come out, that can come out of it, the, the negative side. Um, I would love to have that conversation. That's one that I would love to do. I haven't had a psychologist on since year two of the Awakened Soul, I think early in year two. Um, but so first let's, let's, let's set some, I guess, pillars define some things, right? Narcissists are often described as ambitious, disagreeable, emotionally stable, which is some things that people don't always realize is that sometimes people think the narcissists aren't emotionally stable. They're very emotionally aware and stable. That's how they can be um, manipulative, but that's not what we're talking about here. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, motivated, less flexible, and a low need for rules. Um, and the things that we're going to po- focus on here are a sense of entitlement and a need for admiration. Um, and so you will find narcissism, especially in a creative or the art world, um, anything that, that somebody is creating art, right? Is because almost every creative has displays some level of narcissism, um, right? Is that, and this is, this is, there's been re- whole research done on this and that creativity and narcissism, narcissism is, is highly related. Um, and that some of our, some of the most praiseworthy qualities in a creative, um, are, are narcissists, can be labeled as narcissistic traits. Um, and so it, it's, it's, it's funny to just think about how that relates. Like some of the same things that we admire in our favorite artists, in our favorite creatives, in our favorite musicians in whatever, um, it's, it can be drawn from a, a place of narcissism right they have some of those traits that are narcissists that are that narcissists have and that doesn't mean that they can't be controlled that doesn't mean that they're not being controlled doesn't mean make that means that that person is any less admirable it's just that we have to identify and admit that some of those traits do overlap and so where i want to speak about specifically from the creative standpoint right is how narcissism affects us as creatives um and that some of the mental traps that can be detrimental to our, our success and growth in being a creative. And that first one is I talked about it a little bit before that sense of entitlement. And this is the thing that I that I'm going to start the basis off with this. Right. When I say sense of entitlement, I mean this. Sometimes us as creatives, we get stuck in it. I deserve mindset. Right. Meaning that because we put in the time, because we put in the work, because we know what we're doing, because we've done all this research, because we put all this effort in that we deserve success or we deserve notice, that we deserve whatever comes along from our art. Not only can this stunt our creativity, but it also implies that we have lost that drive to improve. Being stuck in an I deserve mindset can keep us from innovating, right? And as something who, who, as art, continually evolves, especially if you're in this creative, creative mind, uh, creative space with podcasts or YouTube or whatever, if you get stuck in a, in a place of not innovating anymore, your work starts stagnating. And that stagnation can come from a couple of different things, which we'll talk about, right? But if we change that I deserve mindset to I desire, right? And the the difference that that does in us is that if we're desiring to create the best that we can, rather than feeling that we deserve just for creating, it drastically changes our mindset. Creating something at our absolute best, us being in our absolute best, what we create being the absolute best that we can do, it continues to redefine itself over and over. And like the best constantly evolves. And, and if you figure out, if you change that mindset from I deserve to I desire, I desire to continually be the best, the bar continually gets risen and, and changed and everything. 
So if you change that I deserve to an I desire, that puts back that puts the onus back on continue to innovate. It can t- takes the ego out of it. And it allows us to know that we have never reached the ceiling of where we can go. And if we focus on that, it takes away some of that narcissistic traits in being a creative. If we if we focus our mindset on improving our work rather than our work deserving attention for what it gets, it's it's that that attention that sometimes we strive for that we need for our product, for our base just comes naturally. Because we're continually resetting the bar, we're continually getting better and better. So that I deserve, being stuck in an I deserve mindset is completely detrimental to to creativity. And it does have that narcissistic trait. Because ultimately, even if we feel we're the best, it doesn't mean we're always going to be the best. But even if, if you feel you're the best and you get stuck in that and you stop innovating, then you won't be the best anymore. You're not even the best of what you gotta continually raise that bar. And if you do that, Again, that takes some of that that narcissistic traits out of what out of what we do in being in this creative space. Number two, the need for admiration, and this is something that it's weird, right? And as I go into this, um, like I said, this may be the ones that people disagree with the most, but it's social media is a almost required beast in what we do creatively at this point. If you're going to be a creative, if you're going to promote what you do, whatever it is, if you're doing that. Social media is going to play a role in that. It's just there's no way around that. So when you when we the way that that I'm I'm linking the social media aspect to the the need for admiration, how I'm linking that need for admiration to the social media aspect is that we can find ourselves as creatives that that engagement, those likes, um, they start becoming what what. It, it gives us that immediate feedback into, okay, well, what I'm doing is good. And watch your engagement, watch your shares, watch your likes. But where it starts becoming that narcissistic trait of need for admiration is that then we start, or how it starts affecting our create, creativity is that then we start creating for the likes rather than focused on it in a positive mind space. Just think about it. And whether everybody wants to admit it or not, that rush of dropping an episode that everyone likes. Let's say, for example, for something, like I said in early in this episode during the In the Mind of Hayes segment, I don't really like covering what's trending on Twitter, unless it's something that I'm going to have a lot to say about anyway. But let's say for some reason that me talking about Little Nas X and the blood in the shoe thing for some reason blows up. People are talking about it. People love the way that I, I talked about it, whatever. It gets a lot of likes. It gets a lot, a lot of shares. It gets a lot of engagement that need for admiration if that's if that's what I'm, I'm focused on is the need for admiration rather than creating it can then lead possibly lead me down a place to be like oh well the next time i'm gonna talk about every what 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 got everyone going what 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 has people uh outraged the most on twitter and then we start creating for the engagement and for the likes and less for our own satisfaction satisfaction is that a, am i saying that correctly um nonetheless um but the thing that we need to realize is that if we focus on on talking about what is popular at the time, that makes us less of a creative and less of an artist and just makes us more of a reflection of what's popular at that time. Do you want to be a creator and an innovator or do you just want to be a reflection of what's going on currently? And when you and you'll find yourself and that's why I say it's the trap that we get in, because if you start creating just by being a reflection of what's going on around you, that shit has a, a shelf life. And not, and also like it, it's not as it, it doesn't flex us as an artist as much if all we can create 
is things that are already popular. Um, and so when we get caught up in creating for the engagement, creating for the likes and focus on that rather than building a strategy, um, it, 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 it feeds into that need for admiration. So like I did with the last one, how can we take that and flip that and make that less of a narcissistic trait and narcissistic idea and focus on the creativities? What I kind of just said, build a strategy for that highlights your art rather than your art being a reflection of what's popular at that time. Switch the focus from you as an artist to the project or the work that you're doing. And that's something that we do that and something for me. This is coming from somebody who calls themselves the content king, right? And there's several revelations about myself that I'm coming to even in this, right? I call myself the content king. And yes, that's branding, that's everything else. But by doing that and just coming to a realization is that I am making it more about me than the content I create when I say that. Like I, and sometimes I say that at the top of the show and I always say that like what I create here, the awakened soul is my legacy and everything like that. But I, I, the whole create content King brand was me making it more about me than my work. And when we do that, that is a very narcissistic trait. When we make it more about us, the creative, us, the artist, look at me at like, highlight me whatever else it makes it about us and that feeds into our need for admiration whereas on the flip side of that if we focus it rather on on the work and create a strategy that highlights our work rather than us then it takes away some it cuts out some of that narcissistic mindset and narcissistic traits in being a creative right and so that helps in a couple of different ways there's positive and negative ways that that that, that shifts us right um is that when we don't get the engagement that we think that we deserve to go back to the i deserve mindset or that we or that we need or that doesn't feel that need for admiration the, then we start feeling down on ourselves the person the creative right whereas we focus it if we change that and we and we focus the fact that our engagement is coming because of what we create and we build a strategy to highlight what we create rather than us if for some reason it doesn't get the engagement that you need, it goes back into let me work harder on the next thing that I create and let me create a better strategy that that highlights that more. Let's not readjust our 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 focus. Let's not readjust our focus on getting attention for our work or the notice that we feel we deserve for our work. And let's readjust that thinking on creating a better strategy, whether that be for how we release, how we promote, hell, how we deliver the content that we're creating. And when you focus on that, it cuts out some of the narcissistic trait. Number three in this four things that we're going to talk about, recognize how how positive and negative comments affect how you see yourself. And it's easy. Like, let's just say the, 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 to say that let's not pay attention to much to negative comments is easy. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that, but I want to talk about how we let positive comments inflate our ego, which is inherently narcissistic, right? We take positive, we take the reinfor uh, reinforcement from positive comments and allow, and allow it to guide how and what we create. And that keeps us in a place of creating similar content to what we talked about before um, to feed off that, that positivity, to continue filling that high off those positive comments and things. We start, and, that, and, and there's a thin line between that, right? Because you do want to create what, it, what your base is liking and, you're, and you're, your audience will tell you something. But if you're creating art, right? You can't let the art determine that. You created that original thing that got noticed because of what? Because it was hopefully what you were passionate about. And if you continue to focus on that, on that passion and innovating, rather than focus on the admiration you got for a particular piece of work, it will keep you out of falling into that narcissistic thing of where we just fall into an echo chamber of only taking in and relying on the positive comments. Positive comments can be as detrimental to your mental uh 
health as a creative as negative ones can be to, can be to somebody who is is as unsure of themselves. Appreciate the fact that your art is being appreciated, right? Or <laughs> well received, to not use appreciated twice. Appreciate the fact that your art is being well received and use that to continue fueling you innovating rather than stagnating and creating the same thing over and over and over again. I'm a sports person, right? And if you find that people try to recreate that same magic sometimes in other teams that they started from, it's not there. It's not the same. It's not there. And that's because like, and if you, if you focus on not innovating, and that's overall what this keeps going back to a big way of keeping narcissism from flowing into your create creativity is focusing on the innovating rather than the ego, but nonetheless, right? So positive comments, especially because in my theory and thesis that I'm basically laying out here is that narcissism and creativity are, can overlap so well is that positive, positive, positive comments can keep you in that narcissistic mindset because we, we keep chasing after that admiration. We keep chasing after that same hire. We allow those likes. We allow those follows. We allow those retweets. We allow those conversations to make us create from a place of trying to regain that every time rather than focusing on the art that we're trying to create by even doing this. Now, four, and I know we said we're not going to stay a lot on the, the negative side because that's the easy part to talk about, but separating the idea that any constructive criticism comes from haters, that is a huge thing and narcissistic trait in this online community or this creative community in this artist cre uh, community is that anything that's labeled as a criticism is you you follow it away as, as hate and you throw it and you don't think about it. If you're receptive to the flaws that other people see in your art and what you may be doing, it allows you to keep innovating. Even if you don't see that as a fault, even, and again, don't let that completely change what you're doing. But if you can take that negative comment, regardless of how it was presented or said, whether it was it was said with tact or without, but if you can take that and and and, and realize, okay, they may have said it this way, and maybe I don't see it as a flaw, but maybe it's something that I can build upon to improve what I'm doing. We have to remove that sense of, of self-being that we attach to our work and just focus on creating the best that we can. Removing our ego um, and who we are as a person from the feedback from our work goes a long way in, in separating that narcissism and creativity. A critique on your work isn't a critique on you as a person. And again, I'm going to say that a critique on your work or what you're creating or your art is not a critique on who you are as a person. And once you learn to separate that personal attachment, the feeling like you're, and I get it, we as creatives, and I say this all the time, like with this podcast, I pour every bit of me. So there is a bit of me, a lot of me in this podcast, in this art, in this, the, the films, whatever it is that I'm creating, there's absolutely a piece of me that is implanted and imprinted onto that. But even with that being said, a critique upon my work is not a critique on the person and who I am at, 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 at the core. And if you can separate that ego from that and hear that, even, even sometimes there are things that you can take from the haters. And I said this on a, I think I had a whole discussion topic built around it before is that I can feed off your hate just as well as I can feed off the positivity you throw my way. And by that, I mean, is that I always say hate doesn't have to be returned. I don't have to return that energy. Positivity doesn't either. But if you bring positivity my way, I, I personally, as a, just a human, feel inclined to return that positivity back to you. But if you give hate my way and you can repurpose that hate energy that was thrown your way and put that into improving your art 
or using it for motivation, whatever else it is, you don't have to return that. You put that in your work. So if we learn to, to take our ego out of what we're creating, take it out of our art and, 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 and put the focus back in on the art itself, right? The art itself, it removes some of those narcissistic traits um, that I've been talking about on this episode. So that is like overall um, how I have determined and, and wanted to talk about um, how narcissism and creativity overlap a lot of times. Um, and then, I mean, overall, like I said, and there's going to be a lot of creatives that hear this, that don't agree, that do agree, uh, that feel like it's just passion is not narcissism. And I would love to have those conversations with you. If you, matter of fact, if you are a creative and you hear this episode and for some reason you disagree and you want to have that conversation with me, I'm completely open to it. Like I said, these are living conversations that I like to think that I'm creating here on, um, on the awakened soul. And so um, this is something that like, if you can't tell, like it's it really, once that idea sparked me, like I said, early on, it's something that I had to talk about and I really wanted to hopefully do justice with, hopefully you guys feel I did justice with it on this episode. Like I said, not a super long episode because I mean, the facts are, I mean, well, my opinion on it is out there now and it's clear and I, hopefully I outlined it in a way that, that made sense to a lot of people. Um, and so that, that's really it on the awakened soul this week um what we got coming up we'll, we'll talk about it we got some shit coming up um but this is going to be a great year for the awakened soul um uh, make sure you check out um all of my podcasts uh we recently brought love lust and badass soul back uh the film frequency will be returning here soon uh shout out to jb my brother's jb's birthday was on march 28th um the day after this episode dropped so shout out listen there is a few a handful of people that i have met from this podcasting thing that have become lifelong friends. And while I met JB before the Awakened Solos, back when I was doing the wrestling podcast, that's my brother. Like, you can't tell me shit. That is my brother. Um, so shout out to him. Um, and just thank you guys for the continued support. Um, even through my content king narcissistic ways, sometimes I appreciate every single one of you guys. Make sure you're following the podcast at Awakened Soul Pod. Uh, you can follow me personally at CEO Hayes. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, theawakensopod at gmail.com. If you want to send us a voicemail, you can do so. 614-547-2039. We are the number one podcast for the culture. I love each and every one of you guys. Peace. I'm out of my out of my mind, out of my fucking mind. I'm, I'm out of my out of my mind. This of my, yeah. has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Out of my fucking mind, out of my fucking mind, mind. I'm out of my fucking mind. G G got it, oh my, oh my. I was doing fine. Once upon a time, till my brain left and it didn't say bye. Don't look at me wrong, I'm out of my mind. Like now, so dumb as Da Vinci combined. So paranoid of espionage. I'm watching my doors and checking my lines. My brain's on vacation, they're telling me. And I'm bipolar to the severity. And I need medication, apparently. And some electric convulsive therapy. I am a rebel, but yes, I'm so militant. Still a melody of the fuckers' abilities. I am psychotic, but there is no remedy. This is not figurative, this is literally. These niggas go dumb, I come to the middle.